Good morning. It is October, which, as you now know, is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I just, I wanted to start out by saying how much I appreciate my pastor, Pastor Jared, uh, how much I appreciate him as a boss, as a leader, as a mentor, as a friend, uh, and just how blessed we are to have such an incredible leader before us shaping the direction and the vision of this church. Now, I think that might get a raise or something. I don't know. Uh, Enough mushy stuff. If you know me at all, uh, you know that I I have a, a small appreciation for cameras. Some... There's some groaning going on. Some might say a bit of an obsession. That might be a little more accurate. But I, I just love cameras. I am, I'm fascinated by them. I, I'm fascinated with, with what they can do, how using different lenses and different situations can provide you with different images. And, and you can take a camera and you can capture an emotion or a memory and share that with others. And I, I love editing and creating and filming I love the tool that a camera is for me. And here I have a camera, and you may or may not notice there's something wrong with this camera at the moment, and that is that it is missing a lens. And without a lens, a camera itself is not actually that useful. This is a picture that a camera takes without a lens. And as you can see, there's not much there. It's just light. That's all you get. Uh, now, this was an incredible picture of Bigfoot, but I forgot my lens. <laughs> so lost to time. But in order for our camera to be effective, we have to apply a lens. And we have lots of different lenses available to us. So we can have a very wide lens that can take in a large scene, can even go so much as a fisheye lens that is giving you almost 180 degrees and it's starting to distort and change the way that you see things because it's letting in so much at once. Or you can have a very zoomed-in telephoto lens and as you zoom in further and further, you can take something that's very far away and, and bring it close to you and give you detail and see things that maybe you couldn't see before. And much like a camera, we also need a lens to interpret the world around us. And maybe you don't necessarily think about it that way, but the way that we view the world actually is a lens of sorts. And, and each of us have a slightly different lens. We, we have different experiences that have shaped and molded and built the lens that we use to view the world. And the best lens that we can use to view the world is actually the Bible. And as soon as I say that, people, some eyes glossed over a little bit there. We have some preconceived notions of the Bible as this textbook that is this Christian homework I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I came to class. Wasn't that enough? You're making me do extra on my free time. Or maybe some of us view it as this just reverent book that is outside of my understanding. When I was in college, I had a roommate who was Catholic, and he was starting to go back to Mass more frequently, and so he would, he would go and he'd start having some questions, and he was trying to understand, just trying to figure out what, what should his relationship with God look like. He's, he's trying to explore a little bit. And so he would come home and he would ask me questions, and he'd say, hey, 
you know, someone mentioned this. Do you know anything about that? I said, well, yeah, that's in John. And that's, you know, this is, this is what's going on. If you, it's just a bigger story than just that. If you look at it in context, you go, okay. And he come and he'd say, hey, do you understand this? I say, yeah, that's actually a scripture. And see, if you, if you look at this letter, you see how that comes up in another letter that Paul's writing in it. And you see how they work together. He's like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. He came to me with another question. I said, Jerry, do you ever read the Bible? He said, no, no, no. That's for the priest to do. Like, I, don't, I can't read the Bible. That's, the priests will do that, and they'll tell me what I'm supposed to know. And it's kind of a dangerous place to be, and I think it's a place a lot of us end up in, whether or not we admit that, because we're not actually reading our Bible and, and applying it as the lens to our lives. It's not this information that we have to cram for a final, but it's, it's a living word from God that we get to read and participate in the story that Jesus is telling. And I think people start to ask the question, does the Bible even matter today? Or how does the Bible matter to me? And the Bible matters because it changes how we see, think about, and perceive the world. The Bible matters because it changes how we see, think about, and perceive the world. It can become the lens that we use to interpret the world around us. And we have to first see how it change how we see, how it can change how we see. Now, depending on the lens that you are using in your life, you're going to see things differently. And I think a lot of us end up trying to use broken and cracked lenses to see the world around us, and we wonder why it doesn't look right. And for me, I had terrible self-esteem when I was younger. I had a terrible self-image, and it shaped everything about me. It shaped the way that I viewed myself, but I also then thought that that must be the way other people view me. I must not have much value because I don't see it in myself. And so it, it changed how I saw, but that started to change what I did. I was constantly doing anything that I could to seek approval from other people. I needed to know that people liked me. I needed to know that I was good enough or funny enough. And so it, it led me to change my behaviors to get responses I was looking for. When in reality, what I was looking at was wrong because I was using a broken lens to see it. But I didn't actually know that I was using a broken lens until I actually started to use the proper lens through the Bible, seeing that I do have worth, I do have value, I do have purpose, that God created me to be who I am, and that's good. And once I started to see through a better lens, I understood how broken my lens was. I think a lot of times we come and try to read the Bible and we're looking at it, but we're not necessarily seeing it the way God intended, or we're we're struggling to see it through our broken and cracked lenses. And let's look at John 1, starting off in verse 1. It says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. 
Now, this is some really flowery, poetic language that John is using to open up his gospel and story of Jesus. But in this is this incredibly powerful statement that he's giving us, and that is that the Word, the Scripture, the Bible, is God. And it always was, and it always will be. And that can change the way that you see this book that it's not just a textbook, it's not just these words, but it is actually how we get to know God better here on earth is by studying his word. And as we learn and study and see his word, we are actually seeing God through that. And so we have not just the word, but the word is God and was there in the beginning. And so we have God, and Jesus came, and he was that living representation of God on earth. And so we have that example to follow and to see what God intended through his word. And as we change what we see, it will begin to change how we think. As as we study the Bible and we learn from it, it will alter the way that we think about the Bible, and it will alter the way that we think about the world. Now, with the different lenses that we have available to us, you, there's a lot of people that read the Bible in different ways, and there's a lot of different ways that are right that we can read the Bible. And the first approach that a lot of people take is that they zoom really far in. They take the telephoto approach, and they just look at one small piece at a time. And that can be good. We can see, uh, like in 1 Timothy 4.12, this was a verse for me that um, has been kind of a life verse. This is one that I memorized a long time ago, and it's, it's always stood with me, and it's always been kind of my, my mission statement for my life, that if I look at 1 Timothy 4.12, it tells me, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. And I think that's beautiful just in that one piece. If we zoom all the way in and we're looking at this one piece, there's a lot to take away from that. That that can change the way that I think about myself, maybe not as a young person, but as a young believer. That even as a young Christian, I'm still trying to figure this out. I can be an example And maybe literally you are a young person and you hear this and you think, even as a young person, I can be an example and I can do it through these ways of living my life. And for me now, as a pastor, it it can change the way I think about my students as I think about the potential that they have in each and every one of them and what incredible power it would be if they lived this verse But that's really zoomed in. And so as I have that telephoto look at that piece of scripture, I can zoom out a little bit and I can take it in some context. And so as I take a look now, not just at this one verse, but maybe look at this book of Timothy, I see that beyond just this man being an example, this young man being an example, he had a support system around him. He had a mentor that was older than him, 
that had gone planting churches all throughout this area, that's Paul. And so as I zoom back, I see that even as Timothy is an example and as he can be this leader in the place that he is currently, he still has leaders and authority over him that are teaching and guiding and training him up. And so we don't have to be these isolated pillars, but we can work together as a team and as a one body. Or let's zoom back in. Let's look at another verse that I think a lot of us will know. It's written on many plaques and coffee cups and bumper stickers and displayed all over the place, and that is Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, I, I, I'm teaching out of the New Living Translation today, but I had to put this one in the NIV because I could not say the words for this verse in the NLT, New Living Translation, because I learned it like ingrained in my brain in the NIV version, and that is, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And as we're zoomed all the way in with our telephoto lens looking at this verse, you see the great weight and encouragement that it carries. And that's why it is on so many pieces of placard and painted on walls and put all around us because it is a good reminder. It, is, it can be a verse that lifts you out of a dark time that you're in. It can be a verse that speaks to you in a moment of hurt that you're in or in a time when you don't know what's next, you don't know what the next stage of your life is going to be. God has a plan for that. And that can be, that can be beautiful and help you in that moment. But there's so much more to this one verse And we take it so often in just its isolated form just by itself. But if we zoom out a little bit and give ourselves some context to this verse, we see that this is actually Jeremiah. He's a prophet, and he's talking to the Israelites while they are in slavery. They're in bondage. They've been uh, captured, and they are under oppression. And so how much more does this verse speak to those people in that moment when all seems lost, when they don't see hope, they don't see what their future could have for them? Jeremiah is telling them, the Lord's telling me that you do have hope, you do have a future, and he has a plan for you. That's really powerful in that moment. But if we zoom out a little bit further... We see that this position that the Israelites are in is actually a culmination of their disobedience to God. That the reason they are where they are today is because they stopped trusting and following God. That they got themselves into a situation that they don't want to be in. It shows us that there are consequences to our actions. So often we look at this verse and we think of how God can be this band-aid that we apply to our life that's going to save us from every situation. But sometimes we're in that situation because of the things that we've done and our own actions have put us there. Now, that's not to say that every situation you find yourself in is your own fault, but a lot of times it is. But even in those times, God still has a plan for you. And you may not be where you wanted to be now. You might not be where God intended you to be but he will take you out of it. If we go wider, we see that this is actually still just looking through the Old Testament. We see over and over again, God redeems his people. That as 
God's people, the Israelites, are going through the Old Testament. They mess up. They find themselves in some dark situations. And God redeems them and brings them out and delivers them from that. And if we go just a little bit wider still and we're looking at the whole story of the Bible, we see how this verse here actually is the promise of Christ. That the ultimate, the ultimate culmination of this verse is that Jesus is going to be the ultimate hope for our future. That Jesus is the ultimate salvation that these Israelite people are looking for. And that now each and every one of us get to partake in. Now, I want to bring it back to a picture, because that's how my brain works. So, we have these very tight little pictures of Scripture. We have, uh, we have 1 Timothy 4.12, and that's this picture of a mountain. And you have these mountains, and you, you see the detail of those mountains. You can put the picture up now. You, you have this isolated picture of mountains, and you see their strength and their beauty and just their inspiring power of these mountains. Or you might have a sunset, and you get to see this magnificent beauty and glory that's occurring in this sunset, and we get that promise every day, Jeremiah 29, 11. Or maybe you pull out and you see a waterfall, the serene, peaceful place. And that's what you're looking for today. Maybe you're looking for Philippians 4.7, that God will be the peace that you need. He's providing that through this serene waterfall. But each of these individual pictures, when we pull out, is actually a part of one bigger picture. And when we see that picture as a whole, we see how each of those pieces are working together to form something even more beautiful than each of those on their own. And as we go through the Bible, we can take this tighter, zoomed-in look as we study, as we read from day to day, but ultimately God's story and plan for us through the Bible is a beautiful story all as a whole as well. And so as we change the way we are thinking about the Bible and changing the way that we're thinking about the things that we're reading in the Bible, it can alter our thinking of the world as well. And as we begin to change how we see and we change how we think, it will change how we perceive. When we begin to apply the Bible to our lives, we let it permeate our lives and become a part of us it will change the way that we perceive or view the world. Uh, we went, the students went to a Motion 16 conference uh, this summer at the end of July. And while we were at that conference, I really, I felt that I just, I was not spending enough time letting God's word permeate my life. I wanted to be better about my scripture reading. And so I decided that I was going to do the 90-day Bible. We're going to read through the entire Bible in 90 days. And I knew that that was something that I needed to do, but I opened it up as a challenge to the students. I said, I don't, I don't expect you to do this, but if you want to come on this journey with me, I'd love to see you do that. And, and a couple students decided they were, they were going to try. And so we, uh, we had like a 14-hour car ride home from Motion, 
And so in the van, I was, uh, I was reading my 90-day Bible, and a couple other people started reading their first 90-day Bible. And when you're trying to read through the entire Bible in 90 days, that's a lot to take in each day. So the first day is like 16 chapters of Genesis, I think. And one by one, as everyone was finishing reading that first day, everyone just kept coming up with the same verse. And that verse was Genesis 15.10. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. This verse means literally nothing to you right now, I'm sure, because it's just a small piece in a story that Abram is sacrificing these animals and, and he's been told to prepare the animals in a certain way and, and bring his offerings to God. And then those offerings were to, um, to repent and release the sin of himself and his family. That's how he was made clean before God again. But yet, as each person finished reading, they would go, but why didn't he cut the birds in half? Like that one little phrase, for whatever reason, stuck out so much to every person that was reading that. And this is a silly story, but it shows an important truth, is that Scripture becomes sticky. That as we are reading Scripture, it becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of your everyday. And this is a verse that, I'm not entirely certain how it will apply to my life on a day-to-day basis. But what it has done is created a memory of that time when me and some other students decided we're going to read through the Bible in 90 days. And there are many students that if I say Genesis 15.10, they know what that verse is. Or at least like five words in that verse. And this scripture, as we begin to absorb it and read it and think about it and see it through a new lens, it begins to change the way that we perceive the world. This is why men's group is so important to me. Because we meet on a Monday night and we read through a book of the Bible. And it's comical how little of the Bible we can manage to get through in an hour and a half, But that happens because as we are reading through the Bible as a group, we're saying, but what does that mean? What do we think they're saying there? How does this apply to my life? And as we go through the Bible, we're not just reading books of the Bible and moving on. We're seeing, looking with a very fine lens, looking at intricate details of how does this apply to me? What is this saying to my life? And as different guys come at the Bible with different lenses that they have, we each see it in slightly different ways. And as we start to compare and contrast those different versions, it it changes the way that we perceive it. And it becomes sticky. It becomes something that you're going through your week and you remember what was in John 1. It becomes something that becomes a part of your everyday And as the Bible changes the way that you perceive the world, it will change the way that you interact with the world. If you are letting the Bible permeate your everyday, it will change the way that you parent. It will change the way that you deal with your family and in-laws. It will change what you do with your money, 
It will change how you act at work. It will change how you view heaven and hell. And we're going to be looking at these, all of these areas in the next couple of weeks as we continue through the series Trending Now. But all of these things are important. And the Bible matters because it changes how we see, think about, and perceive the world. Now, the Bible matters because it changes how we see, think about, and perceive the world. But we will not change how we see, think about, and perceive the world if we're not reading the Bible. And so, you have a couple action steps. Get a Bible. It's very important. Now, you can download the Uversion app on Android, Apple Pretty sure Windows, I don't know why. But you can get access to the Bible through version, And it is not just one translation, but it is dozens that you have available to you in the pocket or in your palm whenever you want it. And it is an incredible resource that you have available to you all the time. But I've noticed something about reading my Bible on my phone, and that is that I get a lot of notifications So, get a paper Bible. If you can't or don't want to use your phone to read, get a paper Bible. There are one of these in the seats in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, take one of these. I'm not just saying that because Jared's not here. We want you to have these. Take them. And there's something about having that paper Bible that that has memories and um, that you highlight and you underline and it becomes not just any Bible, but it becomes my Bible. And my Bible is important to me. I think a lot of us have books that we love that are highlighted and torn up and dog-eared. And that's great for Harry Potter, but yet our Bible sits dusty on the shelf. If we're not in the Bible, we're not going to let it permeate our lives. And so once you get a Bible, you need to get a plan. I am trying to tackle, I've missed a few days lately, the 90-day Bible. And that is a big challenge for me. Maybe you just read very well and it's not a problem for you to consume that much reading in a day and you want to do that. You want to take this wide picture of the Bible and you want to consume it quickly and let it permeate you and think about the themes and the, the mega-themes that are passing through the story of God's people. Maybe to you that's a crazy idea, you don't think that's possible, then maybe try the one-year Bible. You can get all of these different plans on the Uversion app. If, if one of those plans still sounds a little too scary to you, start a devotional. If you go to Uversion and you go to plans, there are hundreds of devotionals that you can search by topic, you can search by book of the Bible, but if you don't have a plan, you're not going to take action. And finally, get in a group. If you are not yet in a life group, it's not too late. They started in September, but any group would be happy to have more members because that means that we have another person that is bringing additional perspective and insight into our group. That's another person that you get to form relationships and bonds that allows you to create sticky moments that become a part of your everyday. 
The Bible matters because it changes the way that we see, think about, and perceive the world. It can be the lens with which we interpret the world. Let's pray. God, we are, we are humbled and honored that you have given yourself so clearly to us through your word. God, that, that you have made yourself available to us. And Lord, I pray that, that you would help us, God, to see maybe that we have a broken lens, that we are not seeing clearly. God, I pray that, that we would that we begin to see your word in a new light. God, that it would change the way that we think about your word, and it would change the way that we think about the world around us. And God, as we are marinating in your word, it'll change the way that we perceive the world. It'll change the way that we live our lives. As we start basing it on your truths, and not our own broken lenses. God, we love you. We want to love you more. It's your son's name that we pray. Amen.